Hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store. I love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my best friends that work here. Interesting people also pop in to rent something all the time. Each week, we can help you figure out what you could be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas. All right, let's do it. Let's open up the shop. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? All right, how's it? Good morning, Russell. GeForce 5. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, very cool, man. Um, thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, for listening wherever you are. Yeah. It is nice to have you. We are the video store. Today on the show, we are going to have Francois van Kook yeah. pop in to rent something. Very excited about this. You Definitely. Could, you, could, you could argue Francois is one of the legends of south african music yeah. the biggest name in in certainly in rock yeah probably at this point uh of police are a super important band yeah and um, we were lucky enough uh, many episodes ago to have snake the drummer mm. be on the show please go back and, and listen to that it's one of our more popular episodes oh cool um but Fokov came at a time where um i think the young afrikaans youth were feeling a bit disillusioned yeah perhaps a bit uncool, mm. a bit embarrassed about their language. And here came this band that, you know, blasted this amazing rock music yeah. and very proudly sang in, in very poetic, very good Afrikaans. And I think that really gave them a group of fans that will be with them for life yeah. and, um, and have followed everything that they've done. Um, once the band um, hit some success, they then never quite split up, but they did other things. Yeah. Francois... Um, very much put together his own solo stuff, was part of a band called Funko Cartel, which he headed up and um, has got his Francois Funko and Friends, yes. which is uh, an amazing show that he puts together once a year. Uh, tickets for that are on sale. Mm. Um, the last few are available. Cool. Uh, we will have a link in our description for this, and we really hope uh, that guys nab the last few tickets. Yeah. Okay, so guys can get tickets for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is through Ticketmaster, because those are the, the folks that do the tickets for these arenas. Yeah. You have Sunbet Arena coming up on the 18th of August, and you've got Grand West Arena on the 16th of September. The last few tickets, I think, are available. I was going into this thinking, hey, I'll help you promote the show. Yes. Like the show is pretty much already <laughs> sold out. But on that note, we have got two sets of double tickets that cool. we can give away to our listeners. We would like you to post uh, perhaps an Instagram story yeah. or Facebook stories. But if you can post a picture of yourself listening to this episode, mm. telling us why you deserve those tickets. Yes. Um, give obviously the video store pod a tag so we can see it and uh, the best plea the two best pleas will win double tickets to uh, let's make it the um, Sunbet Arena shows yeah um, but if you are in Cape Town listening and you think you deserve for Grand West uh, we can make one of them for Grand West cool so you got to give us a good reason and we will pick the winners this week the week that this episode is coming out um, and it's, yeah, it's going to be great to have Francois pop in. Definitely. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, y- we've seen some movies. We did see quite a few movies this week. We are lucky enough as the video store to be invited to these press screenings, yeah. these media screenings. 
Um, I got to see Sound of Freedom last mm. week, which is a very interesting film. Yeah, it comes with it a certain level of baggage. Baggage yeah. is a good way to describe <laughs> it. Basically, what it uh, unearths, what it brings to light, what it exposes, is somewhat politicized. Yeah, um, it is. It's got a, it's got a certain amount following it, yeah. <laughs> surrounding it. So we we can get into that. After the chat, so yeah. after Francois um, has popped into Ren something, myself and Graham, when the store gets quiet again, we'll we'll have a little chat and we'll cool. talk about Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom is going to come to cinemas on the 18th of August. Okay. So we got a good chance. Yeah, about two weeks a, early. A good, a good build up for that. Um, then um, we watched The Meg 2. We did indeed. <laughs> Myself and Graham, um, which uh. is a special film um, quite close to my heart because <laughs> it was the first film I watched with Cole. Yeah. He's another clerk here at the video store. It was our first movie we watched and we really um, bonded over that, being able to <laughs> lean over and whisper some yeah. funny commentary in each other's ears. And um, and Meg 2, yeah, we'll, we'll chat more about it afterwards, but... Yeah. Um, Nice and silly movie. Definitely. Um, I think it was it, it was fun. <laughs> um, and then uh, yesterday, yes, uh, we watched uh, the new Ninja Turtles yeah. movie. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, and it was great. It's an animated film. Yeah. And quite unique for all those who grew up with the Ninja Turtles yeah. because you realize teenage... Right. Is a rather important part of their name. <laughs> yes. And up until now, we've very much seen adults yeah. be the Ninja Turtles. Definitely. And we, as a society, funny enough, have been raised on, you know, Dawson's Creek being this yeah. grown ass man and, <laughs> you know, all these like po- very post pubescent um, actors being high school kids yeah. and everything we've consumed. And we forget what it actually is like to be a genuine high school student or a high school aged kid. And that's what they've done with this new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. They are these squeaky voiced mm-hmm. little kids. And it's funny and it's authentic in yeah. that sense. And we'll get into who exactly that film is for. Yeah. But it was it was still cool for us to see. Yeah, I had a really good time. Yeah, it was fun. And an interesting interesting animation. Mm, which Really we'll, cool animation style. We'll, we'll chat more about uh, all right, so let's get into it. Don't forget, you've got a chance to win those tickets. Yeah. Um, so just as we said, tag a picture of yourself um, listening to this episode uh, in whichever way you listen and let us know why you deserve them, uh, the tickets. And uh, obviously make sure you tag the video store pod yeah. uh, on Instagram. Magic, uh, let's get into it. This let's do it. is Francois van Koch popping in to Ransom. How's it? It's good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> nice, lucky, lucky to see you, man. Nice to see you, man. It's um, it's cool. We were just catching up now. We were talking about the bioscope, and we were talking about how we've moved to 44 Stanley. When we were when we were at Varsity, 44 Stanley was like the cool new spot. Okay. And it was um, when was that? What year? T- uh, 2000 and f- sort of five. That's like Four, my, five. my time. I didn't know you're like my <laughs> age. I'm I'm Russell. a little I'm a little more like <laughs> you than you think because the funny story between myself and you is is our somewhat resemblance. Yes, that uh, people think we're the same person for sure. Yeah, well, this is a funny one because 
I experienced it for a while. On on two or three occasions, I had people come up to me. One of okay, maybe it's like a drunk dude at Opi, but I had a guy like at one point legitimately think I was you, and he was talking to me, and I thought he was joking because he was like, "Oh, Francois," <laughs> and then after like. A next question, I was like, wait, do you legitimately think I'm <laughs> Francois Van Gogh? Um, and it was funny, and I told you about it. I think I told you backstage once. Yeah, I remember. And you yeah. sort of, like, entertained it. And then there was this wonderful moment where um, our friend Gareth Wilson um, tweeted or sent a message where you'd been confused as me yes and when i heard that i was like so <laughs> excited that finally it was the other way around but dude the funny thing is like i yeah daily or, my, or no maybe not daily but weekly of people that look like me so we've got a common face like, yeah, there's, we're like, <laughs> there's like something going on this there's a lot of people that look like us. I think it's the sort of bearded white guy. Yeah. I think it's some kind of it's some kind of a thing. But it was just so cool to 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 sort of have it be the other way around. So I was like, oh, okay, nice. it's not just me. And then the next time I saw you, you were like twins. And I was like, okay. I'm I'm a little more uh, yeah. It was just it was a cool moment. Um but how are you? It's nice to see you in Joburg. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I uh can't complain. Uh, lucky to be up in Josie. I came up for a day or two to do some stuff. I'm working. I was working in the studio with Peachy a bit, and tomorrow I'm doing a little kind of a thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm having a little procedure on my voice. Nothing intense. But yeah, I was about to say. Can you can you speak to it a bit? Yeah, you you getting some. What's, yeah. what's going on? Yes, I've actually had like two operations on my vocal cords in the last three years yeah just like i've had scar tissue on my vocal cords from overuse i guess through the years yeah and uh i found this amazing doctor here in Joburg. that's why i come up for okay. my procedures up here and he, la he lasers off the scar tissue like i think okay. I'll, it wasn't my last one <laughs> yeah what yeah. i had in january so now he's doing like another little procedure tomorrow where he's injecting like platelets into my vocal cords for cell regeneration that's interesting yeah so i've, I've done that once as well so I've, this is like my fourth procedure but this is not so hectic i mean i yeah. i can i can sing again in a week it's not like a very the the operation where they actually laser off the um the scar tissue that's quite a big thing that i might have to take like a month off and I did that in January okay yeah quite intense I think I think it's testament to the fact that as one gets older now um one's looking after themselves better yeah dude it's like it's like I never obviously thought about this stuff when I was in my 20s like never ever never yeah. warmed up never thought yeah. like I'll have any issues until it came and yeah. yeah, it was just one of those things that catches up with you and you get older, you know what I mean? We had this lovely uh, episode with Snake. Yes. And one of the things he mentioned, which I love, was just the simple line of him saying, like, I'm just amazed we're all still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps at this point now, if we can just look back for a little to sort of the time when you didn't warm up, as you said, and yes. you were going for it, what, um, it was a wild time. Yes, I mean, like the early days of Fokov, I always explain it like this. It's like we really wanted to express our freedom, you know, coming from 
the South Afrikaans conservative background, when we started that band, it was like, boom, we're going to fucking yeah. just express ourselves in every way possible and we are free now, you know? And that involved, like, obviously a lot of things, including partying super hard, <laughs> as hard as possible, you know what I mean? Really yeah. as hard as you could possibly go. And, yeah, I mean, like, for me, it, it kind of caught up with me in my, like, mid-30s and I had to... I had to quit it all. So I, I stopped all the jaws. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's just, it's just much better. I mean, my life, I can I actually have some kind of control. And after that, you know, obviously a lot of things happened. I, um, I got married before I stopped. But I mean, I, 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 got a, I got a family and, you know, my life is just easier, manageable, way easier. So for me, it's, it, was, it was a good time. And I'm... I'm very glad I partook in all the shit I did, but I mean, for now, it's uh, better that I don't. Are you are you hundred percent sober? Is that like was that a thing? Yes, yeah, yeah, hundred no, percent. I don't. I haven't uh, touched alcohol or drugs since like 2014, so it's been almost nine years. I smoke a bit of all now and again if I sure. get the chance, eat an edible or two. Actually, I had like I was heavy into the fun plates and. Edibles for for better last year, but I mean, yeah, now and again, really. It's okay, like so I also get paranoid, so it's not it's not the it can go both ways if I get stoned, you know. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily about being a hundred percent sober as part of any kind of program. It was more just it was something you you put yourself through. No, no, I actually did go into a bit of a treatment program to quit. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't actually. I tried for for years. I mean, I think I think when I. Uh, when I realized I've got a problem it was very early on in yeah. my life. And I obviously pushed through that for like probably 10 years. And eventually I had to go into a bit of a treatment program to, to okay. kind of clean up my vibe. And it, yeah, it, I, I would, if, you know, if friends of mine ask me, you know, how do you, how do you stop drinking? I'll send them to this place that I went to. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. But okay. Perhaps to, to speak more about that time in the, in the good sense. Yeah. What were some of those, just to speak more about film, perhaps. Okay. What? No, no, because it's nice to just talk about everything. Yes, for what sure. What were some of the films you were watching around that time? Like, yes. what were, because I'm, I'm curious to see it, what was in amongst music? What was part of that kind of creative freedom, I guess? Dude, I, at that time, I mean, there was like a, um, there was like an art house cinema in the waterfront. I don't know, yeah. uh, Niveau. Yeah, yeah. So my, me and my wife used to watch a lot of movies there. I, like, I'm, I'm trying to think what we were watching that specific time, that like in that poke of time. We watched stuff like uh, Bad Boy Bubby and Gummo. Oh, and, oh like, wow. <laughs> yeah, really, that stuff's wild. Really, really weird, weird shit. And whether um, you kind of knew it or not, it was perhaps playing into the music to some degree like it was kind of informing perhaps a look or a feel or yes yeah yeah like i mean uh, i don't know were, they were screening that at rosebank the vote yeah I, no not that like those are the vainan vainan studied film oh cool so i think i got i think i got gummo from my sister maybe she was all my my elder sister was also into um you know, like she introduced me to alternative music, like The Cure and Pixies and stuff like that. So your, she also your sister. It. Yeah, she also showed cool. me Rosemary's Baby when I was like 
a child, you know. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> we've 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 got this question we ask guests sometimes, which is, what was the film you were perhaps too young to see? That one, for okay. sure. Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that was quite intense. Um, sorry, I'm going off, off no, track no, here. No, no, tangents, um, tangents are cool. Yeah, so I definitely got influence from my sister. Like Gamma, I think I got from my sister. Vainant, obviously, he studied film. So he, so I don't know where he got Bad Boy Bubby from. But that was like, There's a it was wild just kind of the weirdest, the weirdest stuff that we watched. But I mean, um, at that time, in that fuck of Polisikar house, I'm trying to think what movies we would have watched were you guys all in a house quite specifically like living in it yes it was actually the three of three of us me Vainand and Hunter and Dries our road manager uh, and Snake and Johnny lived with their parents up the road they were still and this is in, in Belleville house. yeah it was actually I think that kind of classifies as Durbanville okay it's, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the verge but um, yeah we lived in this house together in the suburbs I mean like That's proper cool. this we were like this rock band that moved in in between these families you know what i mean yeah. like minky van avestaisen's parents stayed behind in the house behind us so oh, cool. we we would have like these massive parties with like 100 people at the house and then we would scream minky's name over the wall i think we'd be <laughs> like just be like come and join us yeah, minky you know like but she was, probably didn't even live there it was just I her don't parents think, i don't think she lived there anymore <laughs> it's like she's a grown like at, woman at that time she was like on the cover of like uh sports yeah what do you call those fhm things? And yeah, those things you know? remember when that was the thing yeah so um like Obviously, I don't think she was staying there anymore, yeah, but yeah. I hope the That's parents got that the message. That's you calling for her. I actually, I've, I've met her now a couple of times because she's got a TV show on, on Cagnet or VR or one of those Africa okay. channels. I've told her the story multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think what we would have watched in that house together and what was um, influential. I think like uh, like Waking Life. Do you remember yeah, that one? Yeah, like, Richard Linklater. I, I think me and Hunter watched that in that time. Definitely, I think that was definitely. Wait, uh, waking life is like it's a it's a philosophy lecture mm, almost. I mean, yeah. it's a film with some sense of narrative, but for the most part, it's it's like philosophy one hundred and one. Yeah, that's all the different kinds of animation and yeah, they, and just all these conversation philo yeah, they, philosophy conversations. They wrote it's the the term is called rotoscoping, where they animate over each frame. Yes, so it's a kind of a trippy look. Yeah, very it was very cool. You might be interested then. It's on Netflix. Uh, the same filmmaker, Richard Linklater, has made this film called Apollo Ten and a Half. Okay. And it's all about him kind of growing up in Houston. And it's a bit of a fantastical story in the sense that it's a bit made up. But the idea is that it's him growing up in Houston and he's going to be part of this like test mission as an astronaut. Oh, cool. But it's done in the same style. Oh, cool. And it's very endearing. So it's... Uh, it was considered by some people to be one of the best films of last year. But oh, oh, it's is a small new? indie film, so cool. a lot of people don't know about it. I'm, I'm going to get the name from you afterwards but again. But Richard Linklater's special. Mm. You know School of Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why does that film seem to be so much better than all the other Jack Black films? And why is that film living on? It's Richard Linklater. Oh, amazing. I like, don't even know he directed it, but he, he took what would have been me? a... Somewhat simple, yeah. fun, innocent little comedy, and he's made it this like timeless classic. I've I've I've, uh, I've showed my daughter that movie recently, it's and so it's cool. so amazing, man. And she's was so into. It's it. got so much heart. It's got so much more going for it than you think, and it's mm. because 
such a thoughtful filmmaker was behind it. Yes, that's so cool to know. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think we also watched like kind of a lot of like slapstick stuff. It's amazing how some of that that comedy from like 2000 yeah. like that stuff doesn't hold up eh? <laughs> for sure like, you know that Woodstock 99 documentary yeah sure and the, how they were saying like a lot of this rage a lot of this like problems with society was also things like American Pie and like some of those comedies that we yeah. were all watching where it was like you look back on it with a 2023 <laughs> lens and you're like, maybe yeah, it's not great that they filmed a woman getting undressed. Sure, you know, sure. like, we yeah, all those, thought that was kind of hilarious at the time. Yeah, but very like, crazy. Nobody would make that now. Oh, what's the other thing? Oh, Days are Confused. I think oh, that was also definitely cool. something that I think everyone kind of, all of us were kind of into at a time. Yeah. No, that's a great film. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a very cool film. That's, um, that's got old McConaughey. His yeah. famous line that all, all right, right, all right, all right. I actually, I actually read his book recently. Uh, uh, Green lights. Yeah. Did you like it? I haven't read it. Yeah, like he's very, very Christian. So I mean, oh. that that is quite weird, but I, I like him. Yeah, I like him. I like his story for sure. Yeah. But he's very, he's quite Christian, which okay. makes it like a bit weird. At times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Jumping more forward to now, I see you doing another edition of your. Francois and Coke and Friends. Yes, man. In August. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, that's like the show that I kind of base my year around, I guess. I would imagine because, yeah. um, and knowing that that's coming up in August, that's why I thought it'd be a nice excuse to talk to you now. Like, like so if that we can include it, that's uh, That's great. the point. So yeah. we can kind of have this cool. out in time so people can talk about it. But I think it's just a testament to everything that you've done, everything that the band's done, that you as yourself are filling out a stadium, like annually. Yes, dude, it's like, um, um, I, obviously I started doing these collabs when I was like young, I guess. I, I think the first one that I kind of did was with, with Para. It's like dance, dance, dance. Mm. Um, and that song kind of made me, put me on a journey to, to do more collabs, I guess. And, yeah, and sort and, of break break out yes, from and, and just being one of the members. Yes, and that, that kind of, I did so many collabs over the years that some of them really worked well. And, yeah. and that is what set up the show. Because the first time, it was actually Hank from um, Park Acoustics, Hank Van der yeah. That actually came up with the idea because he was like, let's put you on uh, with all your collaborators on a stage and let's do it somewhere. Mm. And we started looking at it with him and then um, I think we wanted to do it at the Fortag Monument. It was just too expensive and we kind of, Said okay, no, no, no that's not going to work. It's going to, it's, it's going to be impossible to actually cover yeah. our costs. And then the next, the year after that, we got Andy Mac involved. Me and me and Vinod got Andy Mac involved, and you know, we've been kicking it since 2018. So it's 2018, 19. Obviously, COVID, we did one in a stream version in lockdown. Oh, fuck, didn't we all? And, yeah. <laughs> and another one last year. So it's it's the fifth one, and then we did one in Cape Town. The fifth, yeah, six in total. Um, where okay, so the Joburg show, well, it's Cape, it's um, Pretoria. Pretoria, yeah, uh, is, Sun Arena. Yeah, yeah. I am going to play there for the first time with George Ezra. Yeah, I saw that this I weekend. That. Nice one. It's dude. so exciting. That, that, like to, that venue is amazing. To oh, see the it. venue from the other side, I've yeah. I've been to one or two shows, and we just are so excited to play an arena. It's going to be amazing. I saw you on the poster, obviously, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, that's cool. I, I haven't seen you guys play recently, so I was very 
excited about that, dude. That's cool. Yeah, we we're not. Um, oh, you were gonna play somewhere else, Vicky Boss. Yes, I mean I can't do that. Unfortunately, Al Al woke up and uh, realized that um, his cousin is getting married on that weekend. They just cancelled the show. The whole thing. Yeah. Oh lord. Today. Okay. Maybe it was. There were more than. It was more than just short straw pulling out. No, we loved the idea <laughs> of like, it. Oh, short straw's not coming. <laughs> It'd be so funny if they cancelled just because of us. No, Very possible. Uh, Al felt terrible. Um, but these things happen where all of a sudden you're like. Um, you know, got this cousin's wedding, and oh yeah, shit. But those things are, are tough. You can't really. And perhaps you can you can speak to this. Um, we l- operated for so many years where all those things got sacrificed. Yeah, yeah. And we just relentlessly booked and said yes and did and did and did. And then you wake up and realize like you've missed a couple of family holidays. You've missed certain things. You, your your relationship with your girlfriend or wife is <laughs> struggling. We also have other businesses. Yeah. Um, and so then when we had a little rejig, because we took this break in 2018, and when we came back, we said, okay, now the band's got to fit around us. And we were lucky in the sense that we all have other things that we do that we love as well. And then it's got to be something that we're – excited to do of course of course and so we're not proactively doing a lot but when sure when big concerts say do you want to open yeah, for George Ezra yeah. we'll do it and like we were actually very keen to do this Bicky Boss which is unfortunately for people now this is something that's now come and gone Yeah. but the idea was that someone was going to try and do this almost kind of Oppie festival and we were like we're keen we'd mm. love to be a part of it and then of course just scheduling didn't work yeah, but I'm, I think they're actually moving it to next year, or well, the plan is that they want to move it okay. to next year. But have you have you been okay with that balance? It's, Dude, a, it's a hard life. It's yeah. quite tough, man. I mean, I've got two kids now, so, um, so the balance is is hectic. And for me, my main income is playing shows. Yeah, I've also got a little other things, but I mean, the main thing is. I got to play shows that I don't want to play sometimes. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Um, I don't have the luxury of like saying no to a lot of things. You know? I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And I think there was this point in the pandemic where we were obviously buckling down and looking at our own businesses, like for me, the cinema. Um, and I even said to someone, I said, if there's an open stage, like I'd rather give it to you. Francois, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather give it to the guys that like fucking do this yeah. full time. The, the funny, the Thankfully, funny, we, we could survive through that period. The funny thing for me, um, COVID actually, because we were so pro- proactive and did like yeah, so you guys many were, things were very quickly. Great in that. I actually came out of it like on the other side and it, I had a fantastic financial year which was lovely like, no well, good. which was really not what i thought was going to happen in that first when you realize this is actually going to be a long time you know what yeah, i mean yeah but also because we did a lot of those live stream shows and they worked well for us because we obviously had a fan base that was going to support us and people yeah. were stuck at home so those things worked well i did like all weird things that i did like um company friday they're having like online drinks and then I'll play at the oh, online cool. party. You know what I mean? It's like little private parties for people that are, yeah. um, you know, two for a couple or whatever, you know, stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's cool. So all kinds of weird stuff, but yeah, whatever it took. But um, coming back to your question, um, yeah, so 
Yeah, the balance is, is tough at times. I mean, I have to kind of take time off because, you know, like it's school, it's school holidays at the moment. So last week yeah. I had to take a week and go away with my family because my daughter is in grade one. Mm. I have to take holiday when it's holiday time. That's the way it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I have to take weekends sometimes because a Saturday is a Saturday. It's not like another day. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't miss every Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to plan a bit more carefully the older my family gets, for sure. Yeah. And I think that will still change in the future. If I have a lighty that's going to play rugby on Saturdays or something, mm. then, you know, then I'll have to look at how I'm going to schedule that in. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, um, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. My wife is fantastic. Obviously, she's been in my life since I started playing music so yeah obviously it sucks sometimes for her going to kids parties alone with two kids on a weekend when I'm somewhere else but yeah she handles, she handles. there was a lovely story I don't know whether you heard it um uh, Dave Grohl told the story about how he he sort of missed the fact that there was this daddy-daughter dance Oh, I, I checked you know it in He flew back from some Yeah, and the, and the place. And, I mean, they had like stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> and the wife was like, I don't care. You said you were going to be here. So he like figured this thing out where he was able to go straight off the stage, get on this plane, like sleep on the plane, just literally arrive just in time, see her, get back on the plane and get back to this tour. It was in like... Australia I or New Zealand. I, I read it in his book, but I also I, I also read Will Smith's biography, and he also talks about like he was shooting some movie in Japan or something, and then he would fly back on a Friday to watch his lighty play football on the Saturday, and then fly yeah. back on the Sunday, and then start shooting it. Because they they, but don't, then you, they don't care. They but, don't. Yeah, if you have unlimited bucks, you yeah, can do that. Of course, stuff, of course. There's I mean? a there's a there's a big uh, there's a big but there. But, yeah. But the but in theory, it's like yeah, these moments are gonna happen. Yeah. And and they sure could maybe understand that you've got a big show or that you've got these things. But at the end of the day, they're like just want their dad there. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's like I. I had a year in 2019 that was I was super busy. I was doing the voice and doing like TV stuff on top of Yeah, playing. I was going to ask about the voice, yeah. And then um then I was away for for that you're away for quite a bit because you I think you we we start like rehearsals on a Thursday and the show is on a Sunday. So you're like away basically for 4 days every week. Mm. Um if you stay in Cape Town. Um so I, I I remember one day I came came home and I dropped my backpack in the lounge and then when I picked up my backpack, my daughter thought I was leaving again. And she grabbed my backpack and she was like, Dad, don't go. Aww. And I was like, oh, that's like, that sucks. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm just, I, I try and get the balance as good as I can. And I, I really think um, quality time is super important. And I try and, yeah. and I, I'm try, I, I try to be there and be present when I'm at home. Yeah. You, you have to consume a lot of kid stuff. As a result, are you what? So you've so you've shown them School of Rock. Yeah, dude, I've watched everything. I, I I've watched Froze. I've watched all of those Disney movies. But I, I mean, like I've watched all the old ones when I was a kid. My my folks also uh, fed me all the musicals and all the yeah. Disney stuff when I was a kid. But now I've watched all the new things as well. The latest one was I watched Super Mario. Yeah, recently. yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Uh, Jack Black's in there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool song. We, we, as the video store recently uh, resurfaced the very weird 90s live action version of the Super Mario Brothers. 
Oh, which, I think I remember do you remember that, it coming yeah. out at the time? Yeah. And it was weird because it was odd and it was these like half dinosaur people <laughs> and Dennis Hopper and they live in this kind of alternate universe and they're sort of these Brooklyn plumbers. It's it's such a great would, rewatch now. Yes, I would love to see it's it. It's fucking so it. cheesy, but in such a delightful way. So it's worth, it's not something for kids. Yeah. Ironically, I mean, this is where it probably failed. Because it's a little too weird for kids. Yeah, the, the new one's very cool for kids. Um, yeah, yeah, they got my, that right. My kids love it. Um, what other stuff are you watching now that you? Um, yes, dude. That you're enjoying? Is there anything that? What have I watched recently that I really enjoyed? Um, I'm like a, I guess like a Tarantino head. I like. I think my favorite movie is Inglorious Bastards. I love. Okay. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, what, yeah. On that note, reading the book "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood" is great. Cool. I'm I think a... you will read that and go, "This was written for me." Awesome. Maybe a bit more vainant as a film student. Yeah. Because it's it's very indulgent, but after the movie, he wrote the book "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood," and it just gives you so much more extra stuff. And he obviously knows that this book is coming after the movie. So he's not rewriting the movie in book form. He's giving so much extra information. Oh, that's like, cool. Like the TV show that Leonardo DiCaprio shoots in the movie. Yeah, you know yeah, where yeah. he's the bad guy yeah, and he yeah. puts on the mustache yeah. and talks to the little girl before he shoots the scene. He has thought through the entire plot and the universe of that TV show. And the book is kind of almost that, at least half the book is the backstory of this TV show. Because like, cool. I'm that's, fucking Tarantino. I can do whatever the yeah, fuck I want. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. So right? he just does it. So I think you'd love that. It's an easy read. Cool, cool, And then cool. there's times where he just goes on rants about cinema and history of cinema. And, so that's cool. Cool. Why Inglorious Bastards? I just love, I, I love like um, history stuff. Yeah. Like World War II stuff interests yeah. me in general. Oh, cool. Like I just love watching that. Stuff. I, I think that World War Two in color recently on yeah, yeah. on Netflix. I just love watching that shit. I don't know why. I'm also like into crazy into two true crime and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. cool. Did you have like any kind of grandparents that were linked to the war? No, not really. Nothing, eh? nothing like that. Just not really. I think my my dad kind of inspired me in that sense because he's my dad is has got like a crazy general knowledge and he's it's like mm, um, that's cool. My know, my dad too. You, he, he knows a bit of everything. He's one of those those people. So I think he kind of inspired me. I, I never really worried about history in school, though. It was like one of those things I wish I worried about history yeah. in school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love. I just love watching that that stuff. So maybe that's that's the link with Inglorious Bastards. Did you ever watch 1917? I have. I have. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So maybe okay. So maybe we're gonna wrench. Is that the that's the is that the one shot with its one thing? shot? Yeah. And that, yeah. okay, that's World War One. Yeah, which is of course had a very different look yeah. and and feel, but um, still a cool war yeah. movie. Very um, cool. So I'm just trying to start thinking of the movies we're gonna rent for you. So it'd be cool to give you Apollo Ten and a Half. Okay, awesome. Because we're talking about Richard Linklater. Have cool. you seen Boyhood? No. Okay, so another film that makes. Linklater special is like Richard Linklater kind of also understands time so he's done the Before Sunrise Before Sunset do you know those films? No, no so he was famous for making this film called 
before sunrise, which was Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. And they meet on a train, two strangers, and they spend this night together in Vienna. And it's incredible. Okay. He catches up, and it was a famous film and it did well. He then catches up with those exact same people where they've physically aged because it's now taken yeah, yeah. 10 years later or wherever it was. And then he, then there's even a third film called Before Midnight. So he kind of gets, he plays with that. That's very cool. Boyhood was him making a movie that basically followed the life of this boy. So they shot, oh, dude, they I've, shot I've checked, I've, scenes. I haven't seen it, but I've, I've, I've seen stuff it about so it, read about it. It is so creepy yeah. and cool in the fact that how many, no years f- the, how many years does it cover his life? They get to this boy when he's like 15, 16. So they catch, you know, they, 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 they shoot these scenes where he's four or five or five or six. Then he's sort of 13, 14. And it's just the way it cuts and all of a sudden he's just that much older. And that's you're a, watching this amazing, kid eh? because he literally caught up with the characters. Yeah. How every, many years did it take to make They, they shot thing, it yeah. over the course of 18, 19 insane, years eh? or whatever it was. So that's special. Yeah, that's, that's that's a no, one of a kind movie. I haven't watched it, but I've I think I've read something about it, or I've definitely seen. Okay, so then I must definitely give you Boyhood, but then yeah, good old Tarantino man and Glorious Bastards. If it's a rewatch film, yeah, yeah, we should rent that I for love you. That, I love yeah. the, I love the beginning with Christoph Waltz. Where, oh, you were so cool, man. He was so amazing. The, and the that was his first kind of that was his breakout. Role, right? Bre- uh, yeah, it's sort of breakout English role. Oh, yeah, yeah. in or American. Because I think he'd done a lot of German stuff yeah. up until that point. Dude, well, I also love, like, one of my all-time classics is Forrest Gump. Like, I'm cool. a massive fan of that movie. Yeah. I will, I've rewatched, I actually rewatched that in COVID because I, I think I wanted to, did I want to show my daughter? What was it about it that, that sort of speaks to you? <laughs> I don't know. I just like that. <laughs> Also feels, history. Yeah, I like the that, way it that, puts him in history. It's just this. Feel, there's like you go through everything in that movie. I mean, it's like there's like complete sadness because he never gets the girl that he loves. Yeah, and then it's it's kind of funny and quirky and great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah amazing. It's considered like yeah. the greatest American songbook. Yeah. like that. The, the no, soundtrack I that of that movie. I, I also listened to that. I re-listened to that after I rewatched that. You're making me think of a formative film for myself, which was a film called That Thing You Do. I wonder whether that film ever came past I you. Don't know, it doesn't ring a bell. So That Thing You Do was uh, it was the first film that Tom Hanks ever directed. Okay. And he, uh, it's all about a band in the 60s that has this breakout hit. So they go from literally being a garage band to being top of the pops. And they're kind of these one-hit wonders. So you just follow this sort of rise and eventual kind of fuck out of this band. Cool. That sounds um, right down my alley. Yeah, and it's yeah. sort of told more through the eyes of the drummer. But cool. there's these great moments where they sort of hear their their song for the first time. And, of course, their song is called That Thing You Do. Oh, cool. And it is the catchiest, most perfect song you've ever heard. Like a perfect 60s like, like is it like a beetle less yeah vibe. like a real uh, cool and um and uh, Tom Hanks is their manager oh nice oh dude I also watched Elvis recently where he's uh, also cool. the manager yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but that also with super, a weird accent <laughs> yeah, also super cool though I love yeah that. it was yeah. cool it was a nice movie um but I think you'd really love that thing you do Liv Tyler is the sort of 
girlfriend of the lead singer who eventually kind of hooks up with our main character, the drummer. Okay, cool. Um, I think you'd love it. It sounds awesome. And it was one of those that came to me at the right time and sort of set me on a course to sort of be more of a musician. Oh, cool. So it's funny, it's funny when those things kind of <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. come about. Um, but just to speak more of the, the show, uh, first is the Cape Town show. Hey? First, Pretoria. Pretoria's first. Yeah. Yeah, Pretoria. Yeah, obviously we've we've done it in Pretoria, but but this is actually. Have you always done it in Cape Town as well? No, only once. Cape Town is so hard, dude. But it's, it's your so, home. It's your people, surely. It's like Pretoria is actually home, eh? A, a musical home, definitely. Uh, we kind of feel the same as Short Straw. We oh, okay. uh, we always have felt very open and welcomed by Pretoria. Mm, same, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, Cape Town has been good to us, but I mean, it's much harder getting people to a show in Cape Town than it is in Pretoria. That's just the way it is. Culture of live music is just bigger there. Yeah. And there's a lot of Afrikaans people. Yeah. <laughs> so, in, yeah. Yeah, in Pretoria. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Cape Town, yeah, we're doing it again this year. We're giving it a bash. And I think, I think we will get to sell out eventually, but it's, it's a harder... Where where is Cape Town? At Grand West. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's where we're going to be tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow Grand West, and then when is when is the other one? Uh, Saturday. Nice. Yeah. So I haven't even been inside Grand West. Oh, it's know. cool. It's it, it feels if you compare it to the Sun Arena, it feels kind of small. Okay. But it's still massive. I mean, yeah. You know, five thousand five hundred people. Yeah. Jesus. Gonna be awesome. You're gonna have a great time, man. I'm excited. Yeah. I think it's gonna be cool. Um, and then the tickets are where. Yeah, Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster um, for these two shows. Yeah, so so yeah, very easy. If people want to check it out, they can just check my Instagram page or Facebook page. There will cool. be links on to everything. And so you say you kind of you you kind of plan your whole year around this. Yeah, it's like it's like um, it's like the biggest show that I've done for the last three four years. I mean, it's like it's like my it feels like my baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so this year I kind of. Did four new collabs that's going to be played on the show for the first time. It's like kind of like I planned these the songs to come out for a reason on the show. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, cool. So, so, so there's new songs that you've recorded. Yes. And you're going to be playing them for the first time at these shows. Yes. And I've done that basically every year. I, I did a couple of new, new collabs that, that was played at the show for the first time. But then they might be released in a bit more of a scattered sense. Yeah, this this one I'm I'm putting it on a little EP, but they're coming out like every month. Kind of, there's a new one coming okay, out. Cool. So I did I did one with uh, Zahn Sonicus. It's like a the I, I guess he's the new cool alternative Afrikaans dude from Pretoria, young cool. guy, like in his mid twenties. And today I was actually working with Lofi. He's a rapper. He's got um, some massive hits. I don't know if you've heard like Vitskuna. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Almost rock fails. Who's that schooner? That's like his big okay. hit. Okay, cool. And then Tashai, that was on the voice with me. Um, yes. We did a new song together, and also I did also did a song with Neon Dreams, that Canadian band. I don't know if you've. Yeah, no, I'm very interested in them. It's so I'd weird. Love to dude. meet them. It's so weird. They they just realized people were streaming their music in South Africa a lot. Yeah, because they they've they've come a few times, and we're gonna play uh, Park Life with them. Mm, they're very the end cool. Of August. Are they both Canadian? Both Canadian. Because in my head, I was like, I wonder whether one of them is South African. No and that's connection, the dude. No connection whatsoever. They just realized people were streaming their music here a lot. Yeah. Then they came in COVID when it was still under restrictions. They came and they played for 100 people in barnyards. And, yeah. the, and the tour sold out in like 
super quickly, obviously, because I could only have like 100 people. Yeah. And then after that, they came back again and they came back again and they just built up this crazy, they're like the Rodriguez of... <laughs> You guys just were overseas recently, huh? Oh, we did a show in Amsterdam and one in Belgium and it was the they best ones huge. we've had. They looked oh. huge. The best, the best, like, I mean, uh, over the last, we've been going with Fokov, I mean, since 2004, pretty regularly. I mean, every second year or every third year or so. But as you've just said with Neon Dreams, the same for us elsewhere, it's a garden one has to sort of grow. Oh, but you guys had a, a big Japan we've, vibe. Eh? We've done Japan, yeah, like five times. Mm. But we um, also got that sense with Europe. Like you, you, you obviously can't achieve it all once. Probably can't even achieve it the second time. Yeah. So it makes sense that you guys have kind of located your spots, which is Belgium and Netherlands, the kind of guys that can vaguely understand but what dude, you're saying. But dude, what I can tell you now is we went there. But it's now paying off, you're saying. No, like, but we went the there now and we had 1,350 people in the Melkweg. It was sold out a month before we went. Awesome. But 99% were South African. Oh, There's shit. so many South Africans there now, dude. It's insane. Um, it's mm. in. Same. So I don't know if we got bigger there and if just more South Africans are there, which is probably the case. But I, in, at the start of the show, I was like, uh, um, how many yeah, guys, quick show of how hands. many Dutchies are in the house? I mean, like probably 10 hands. And then, um, uh, like every time Short Straw rolled to Amsterdam, which wasn't often, but we did one or two shows and we all s sort of looked at each other afterwards and we're like, we could live here. Like dude, Amsterdam I love is, Amsterdam. And we were chatting with Peach yeah. in, in our episode with Peach. He, he was like, I've gone there like 20, 30 times. Yeah. It's insane. He's like, I know it as well as I know Cape Town. No, it's crazy. I also love the place. I've also got some great friends there and yeah, we've also gone a bunch of times and I mean, the ideal would be living six months here and six months Yeah, there. chasing the summer. But, but um, yeah, I don't think we're, we're there yet. But um, but That's it's cool, man. It, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll ever do that. But yeah, at least at least we know we can play Amsterdam and then go <laughs> do that once a year. That's cool. Uh, but listen, I'm gonna let you get on with your day here. Thanks. Are you gonna remind me of those movies? Uh, yes, I will, and um, they will also all be in the description nice. of, the, of the podcast. Episode. I love it. But yeah, listen, man. Thanks for your time, and I. I'm sure Francois and Friends is going to be um, it's going to be a success. Thank you very like much, it always, man. Like it always is, but it's just nice to be a part of kind of helping tell people about it. Uh, thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you for the for the platform and uh, like mm. to chat to you for a change. That's yeah. cool. Like a diddy. Okay, we'll see you soon. All the best, Charles. All right, what a great dude. Yeah. Very what, fun what chat. What a friendly, personable dude. Yeah. I really appreciate him. Mm. What a talented, hardworking guy. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've watched these movies. Yeah, we watched a bunch of movies this week. Okay. So I think we should uh, should share our thoughts. Mm. All right. I agree. Okay. Let's get into it. Yeah. I'd love to tell you a bit about Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Because, you know, kind of all I've heard is the the noise around it and the controversy yeah, and it all seems the conspiracy theory nice it jobs. A, uh, it seems a bit silly to mm. to to sort of have all of this attached to it, but it makes sense that basically what this movie is, this movie's been made based on the real life story of a dude who worked for Homeland Security. 
And um, this movie is a biopic about him. Okay. And what happens is he's involved in catching pedophiles and perpetrators of all kind of homeland security stuff. Yeah. Which involves especially the moving of people across the borders. Right. And and he knows these rings exist. This is kind of what you get from the start of the movie. Yeah. And the commentary comes in that, you know, they just catch the pedophiles, but what about the kids? Right. These kids that get lost. And basically what this movie is about is him going on this somewhat more personal quest mm. to rescue individual kids, these specific kids. Yes. And it follows the story of him doing this. And it is a pretty average solid movie right. about this job. And what it does is it exposes just the extent of child slavery yes. around the world, where these kids are used for all sorts of things. Mm. Some of it is simple sweatshoppy, hard labor. Yeah. And some of it is a bit more nefarious, which is like sex. Yeah. And and it just it just reminds everyone that this is happening and it reminds people the extent of it. Mm. And that's really it. Yeah. That's all that this film is about. Um, it is produced by a Christian production company, yeah. Angel Studios. So there's about two or three moments in the movie where you get kind of prodded with a God stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a bit like, it's a little bit eye-rolly if you kind of know what's, behind it and, yes. and, and that but it's fine it's okay. harmless yeah and then you get reminded of just how true the story is mm. because there's they have body cams and and so at the end you you see literally the 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 raids and the things that they did and these characters yeah. you see the real life versions of them so it's scary and it's and it's hectic and it's and that but that's about it yeah. then what i find interesting is that as the credits come up you, um, it says there's a special message, right? And there's a countdown timer, so it's kind of interesting. Mm. And then, so you obviously want to wait for that, right? And the special message is the main dude, the main actor, um, Jim Caviezel, yes, sort of talking about they've 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 set up this way for you to pay for tickets for other people to watch this movie, and, and together okay. we can we can help raise awareness and and and, and in a way start dismantling this yes. thing because they understand it's difficult but we one has to start somewhere and yeah. it starts with awareness so that's about it but the people have have built all sorts of funny narratives and stories around it. yeah i was going to say so it's a movie that has like a you know somewhat important message to get out there but it's sort of been hijacked by you know partisan politics and yeah conspiracy well, theorists for, for starters the people that are mobilizing this film are staunch Christians. Yes. And so that also comes with a level of like veracity that mm. is, that is, <laughs> you know, that also comes with its own thing. Yeah. And like, I've seen a bunch of videos on YouTube where the words used, you know, are very evocative right. in favor of. Yes. And, and it's like, yeah, it is a, an important movie. It is yes. powerful, but it's like, because there's this element of, child sex trafficking yeah it's it's becoming more and more linked to this idea that there is a web yes of pedophiles and yeah. these could be high profile people yes 
because there's a lot of money involved. So it, it hints at that, and then that is rife for a for for people to believe that there is a conspiracy to stop this film from yes. from being shown. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that's the case. <laughs> no, um, right. no I, but I do find it interesting that there is no doubt some level of web. There is some level of yeah of bad you know a bad network of people out there yeah it's just not being run by hillary clinton and joe biden the way some people want you yeah, to believe course. it is yeah of course that's like the problematic side of it is all these q and conspiracy nuts that have attached themselves to the film including jim caviezel which is part of the problem he's out there doing interviews where he's talking about all the shit yeah it's weird yeah it's very weird it's very weird but at the end of the day yeah it's an important thing to just remind yourself of mm. um I think the one thing that perhaps the film does, which it's a true story, so I guess this is true, mm. but you know he rescues them from like the deep jungles of some country in in South America, right. and so it definitely makes it feel like it's happening to brown kids, yeah, very far away in the jungles, which yes. is probably very much the case. Mm. But the other scary fact is that a lot of them are in society and yeah. in and in america mm. which is perhaps even more alarming yeah but yeah i'm glad i saw it cool. um it's perhaps an important film for everyone to watch okay so i'm not i'm not yeah yeah so watch it just avoid the conversation around it <laughs> yeah i think be aware for those who don't know that there is this baggage around yeah. it and that you could get sucked into something mm. um and just tread very carefully around that stuff yeah. and i think yeah i think it's it's it has its place. Okay. And interesting that it's done so well. Okay. And I think perhaps this bad press has helped it mm. ultimately because yeah. people like myself were like, well, now I want to see it. If yes. I'm going to be a part of this conversation, yeah. at least see the thing everyone's talking about. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, as I said, pretty solid story. Mm. And okay. it's based on true things. Yeah. So you can't, you can't fight that. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a film one should see. Cool. Um, and for those in South Africa, yeah, um, it is going to be out on the eighteenth of August. Cool. So which, about two weeks. Yeah. So we got a we got a very early mm. look at it because it ha- it has been out in the states yeah, for it's a while out in the US. Yeah. Yeah. So so it was um, interesting that it's come a little bit later. Yeah. In in, in Joburg or in in South Africa. Mm. Um. Would you want to talk a little bit about Meg? We may as well address it briefly. Which is out now. Yes, it is out. It came out on Friday. As I said, very silly movie. Very silly movie. Like it almost verges on slapstick in its second half. Yeah, and but I I, I like the fact that it then got into that silliness. Because, I agree. I think it needs that silliness. Because with, when it was taking itself a little bit too seriously yes, in the beginning, it was yeah. a bit dumb. That was my problem with the first one is it takes itself a little bit too seriously for its subject matter. Yeah. This is very silly. So the basic premise is that there's in the deep within the ocean trenches is this thermocline. Yeah. Which is basically this kind of barrier of matter or whatever. I think it's like super cold water. That's super they, cold water. I think water. that's why they can't get through it. And and underneath that is a whole habitat of mm. animals that the world hasn't explored yet. And I do find it interesting, mm. big effect, is that we know more about the the galaxies than we do about our own oceans. Yeah, we know more about the moon than the the depths of our of the Earth. Yeah, which is super Crazy. interesting. And yeah. I'm and I'm I'm lucky enough to have scuba dived a bit in my life. Oh, cool. 
And there's amazing shit down there, yeah. man. Like, it is mind-blowing. <laughs> and you look at some of these creatures and it's like, it's something out of your imagination. Yeah. So so I do identify with that. I do mm. think that part's kind of cool. And deep below this thermocline is prehistoric animals. Yeah, including, stuff that we thought was extinct. Including a big fucking shark. Now there's three big sharks. Now there's three big sharks and a giant octopus. Yes. And so... Um, I find it funny that in the, what seemed to be sort of the modern day, yeah. they were in these very advanced submersibles. Yes. And all it made me think about was the recent yeah. thing. Where, so in this movie, it's so silly. They go down in these submersibles. They're tracking these sharks. They, there's a, these, they even discover this this underwater um, station yes. where they're monitoring. So there's all this shit going down yeah. that is like deep below the this what they thought was the deepest part yeah. of the ocean. Meanwhile, yes. <laughs> humanity in 2023 can't even fucking visit the Titanic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not just that, but they like get out of the submarines and they have these suits that they walk around in. Yeah. And at one point, Jason Statham swims outside of the, the thing without a suit or anything. Yeah, like, and she says, she says, isn't that going to like, isn't he going to explode yeah. or something? And she said, no, think about it. The fish don't explode yeah. or something. <laughs> if he just breathes out of his nose or something so he like lets like his he lets his pressure out yeah and then he's oh my god yeah. so it was fucking dumb it was but i mean your the pressure at that point yeah it's ridiculous yeah. there's no humans can't survive it's why we can't like it's so difficult to explore it's why the moon is easier to explore than the yeah. ocean so it's somehow bonkers. Jason Statham is swimming around. I mean, he's Jason Statham. He he's, is. He's very strong. He's he's amazing. <laughs> okay. So but, I mean, it's only an hour and a half, if you feel like. I think it's the kind of movie where everyone who wants to see it already knows they want to see it. And everyone who doesn't want to see it already knows they don't want to see it. Yeah. Like some people are saying, it's stupid. I'm not watching that. And other people are saying, it's stupid. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had such a fun time watching the first one because it yeah. was so surprising. Yes. That I was happy to go into the second one. And then I was happy when it started delivering. Where yeah. for the second half, you know, it ravages this little Asian party village, yes. party island. Um, and it's silly. Yeah, and it's, fun. it's very silly. Okay. I really like Cliff Curtis. He's a fun actor. He's, he's the New Zealand dude. Oh, yeah. From, you know, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in like Die Hard 4 and Sunshine. I love Sunshine. And he's in Avatar. What's Sunshine? It's the Danny Boyle movie where they have to go to the sun and like restart the sun basically it's got Killian Murphy in it oh. Chris Evans oh. and Michelle Yeoh it's got a great cast oh I've missed that one it's a really good oh movie. yeah I've, I've sort of seen it's bonkers about it. like it's third act is insane okay it goes off the rails but it's a really cool movie okay Meg 2 is out already yeah came out on Friday okay cool a pretty good opening weekend about 150 million dollars which isn't bad which is not bad in no. today's world okay uh, cool and then uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ninja Turtles I think the best thing about Ninja Turtles is that it's not for us. Correct. It's not for you and I. It's yeah. What it's doing is the way it appealed to us as kids, it's now appealing to kids today again. Yeah, because you know? I think that's interesting is that we, you know, we've been talking about how Ninja Turtles was my popular film. Yeah. That was a long fucking time yeah. ago. I am an old dog now. <laughs> I am not a puppy. Yeah. And so you don't want to hold on to some old nostalgic version. Yeah. You actually want to reinvigorate it for new yes. kids. And they could come into this movie now aware of Ninja Turtles, but yeah. kind of discovering them now for the first time. Yeah, because Ninja Turtles has never really gone away. There have been a bunch of animated so shows over the years. 
Like, there's still one running called Rise of the Ninja Turtles, which is apparently really good. Okay. So it's still kind of in the public consciousness. Yeah, but know? if you are authentically teenage, yeah. which is what they've done with this one. Definitely. Um, you are going to appeal to the teenagers of this, I think so. this generation. I hope it's so. great. I really want it to do well because it's good and it's cool and it's funny. Yeah. Like, it's properly funny. Yeah. And it looks amazing. Like the like the whole reasoning for the look was it's about teenagers. So they think you know, it's what if it was made by teenagers? So like the kind of like little scribbles and drawings that like kids do in their school books. Yes, that's like the whole reason why the film looks the way it does. Yeah, it's very scribbly. Yeah, is, the, is probably the I said sketchy, but that could be yeah. misconstrued. Yeah, it's scribbly, mm. which is a cool look. It looks amazing. Like yeah. it looks like concept art, like animated concept art. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah, it's and fun it, and it's got cool action scenes and the characters are amazing. And it actually, oh. it pointed out their isolation more mm. than it did before. Yeah, it does it really so well. So it, it really gets to the emotion of what it means to be a teenager where you just want to fit in. You yeah. just want to have friends. You want to be a part of the world. And, yes. and in this case, these guys are mutants. They're aware of this and they just, all they want to do is be accepted yeah. and and fit in. And that's what every teenager wants. Yeah. So that was cool. Mm. Okay, magic, man. Yeah, I'm glad we saw it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I definitely recommend Of like all the movies that came out this week, that's what I'm like. If you're going to see one. That comes out the 11th of August. Yeah. Okay, so 11th of August. It could be cool to bring your kids. Yeah. Um, if you're a, a more of a grown-up like us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is cool. I like I like us questioning who a film's made for. Yeah, I think definitely. That's, that I think can help us with the conversation. I think that can help listeners. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Have you heard any of these plans that Mattel is making? Mattel being the company that makes Barbie. Yes, among, amongst many other A things. A toy company. Yes. Yeah. So they are, ha, currently have 45 different projects in development. Lordy. Which, okay, in development doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get made. It just means they're looking at all of the properties that they own, yeah. all the toys that they manufacture, and they're going, can we make these into movies? Yeah, well, what's interesting is that they're not the first toy company to do this. No. Hasbro... Hasbro's been doing it for a while They've now. funded all the Transformers Transformers, G.I. Joe, yeah. a few others. Okay, so but what now, are they looking at? What else so, do they have? Well, some of them make sense, like Hot Wheels. I can I can sort of envision a Hot Wheels movie. Cool. You know, that one, apparently, they already have people attached to some of these. So, J.J. Abrams is attached to a Hot Wheels movie. Okay. Um Another one that sort of makes sense, Matchbox, Matchbox Cars. They want to do a Matchbox Cars movie. So two different car movies. Cool. Okay. I don't get it. Um, Masters of the Universe makes perfect sense. What is that? That's He-Man. He-Man, yeah. They've okay. been talking about making a He-Man movie forever, so like I understand that one. Um, Bob the Builder. Nah. You know, I can see that. Rock'em, Sock'em Robots, which they sort of, they, they didn't do officially, but Real Steel, the Hugh Jackman film. Yeah. It's basically Rock'em, Sock'em Robots. And it's a really good movie. Okay. It's actually yeah, really good. Sense. It's E.T. with robots. Um, <laughs> there's another one called Major Matt Mason, which I've never heard of before. But no apparently the toy is the inspiration for Buzz Lightyear. So, and I, and I looked at pictures. I'm like, oh, that's Buzz Lightyear without wings. Like, he oh, looks just like Buzz Lightyear. So I'm okay. going, okay, I can sort of understand that one. Um, here's a weird one. Daniel Kaluuya from um, Get Out and a yeah. bunch of other things is a ta- or is producing what they're describing as an A24 style Barney movie. Yes. As in Barney the dinosaur. Yeah. What the purple the, dinosaur. Blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, still in my head, some of these make sense as films. Then we get onto stuff like Magic 8-Ball, the Magic 8-Ball movie. Oh, Lordy. And Uno. <laughs> ah! Uno movie. Do you know what? I, I was thinking about this, what might be funny for an Uno movie. You do 
um, like a James Bond parody where you know like in Casino Royale where it revolves a lot of it yeah. revolves around the Baccarat game yeah like make it revolve around an Uno game <laughs> that would be funny um, and another one Viewmaster do you remember Viewmaster those Which weird those little, little red those, things yeah, that, you, that you hold up and it like has and a little see slides Slide there's like images. a little circular slide in it no, that you can man. just look at pictures they want to turn that into a movie I'm like that doesn't make any sense no none of, most of these don't make any sense but there's there's a really good New Yorker article that I'll link to in the description. That's very funny. That's awesome. You know what? I'm all for uh, letting your imagination run wild yes. in the beginning. You know, no no idea is a bad idea. Like, mm. go for it. But I mean, you can keep that to yourself. You don't yeah. have to publish those ideas. It's um, But Barbie is something quite specific. And I was going to say, this is just an example of Hollywood learning the wrong lesson. Yeah. As they always do. You know, Barbie, Barbie was, was a... Had had its own excitement build up. Mm. It had it. It had its own alchemy, and yes. part of that alchemy was a very smart director yeah. saying something important at mm. the right time using the right yes. tools. Yeah, the kind of groundswell behind Bobby was very organic. You know, obviously there was a big marketing budget and that sort of thing, but there were very much people who were like naturally like wanted this film. But it was like putting together some. Dish yeah. that we could all identify and go. I think that's going to be tasty yeah. because there are interesting elements put into it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've never thought to do that with that, mm. you know. And so it wasn't straight up; it wasn't obvious. Yeah. And and that's what made it special. Yeah, exactly. So to manufacture that is is crazy. It's not going to work. It's definitely not going to work. You also know they're going to try and recreate the whole Barbenheimer thing. Like studios always try and do this where they're like, oh, that worked before. We're going to just do that again and it's going to work sure. again. No. And especially now that Barbie, Barbie just hit a billion dollars this weekend. You know, they're going to be like pushing all this stuff like oh. big time. It was just such a such an interesting organic moment. Yeah. And exactly. you know, it would be silly to to milk that tea, but that's what, that's what the world that's does. That's what Hollywood does. That's what they do. Always learn the wrong lesson. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so... As you can see, mm. for those who are listening every week, is that we're developing this kind of way of questioning. We, we, yeah. We're trying to figure out a nice way to guide these conversations. And the one thing I'm trying to do is um, when we are talking about a specific time in someone's life, mm. I'm trying to then like pin movies to that time. Yes. So that we can flavor the conversation with movies. Mm. Um, and you can see here... Um, I'm starting that. Yes. It's getting more and more formalized. Yeah. And in last week's uh, episode, we, we, we even start almost thinking of it as categories, mm. which is quite exciting. Yeah. Um, this episode was recorded before uh, we played those George Ezra shows. Yes. Um, so it was cool to then do it and uh. talk about that with Gaddy, which came up in an episode prior as well. The Chris Chameleon episode, we talk about it. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to to talk about what we've got going on in our lives and what we're doing. Um, so so it was nice to have this moment with Francois just before I was about to play these shows. Right, which was cool. yes. But uh, you can see the formulas working. Mm, I, I think, think so. Yeah. yeah. Then um, with Cole, we, um, we, we used this onion analogy, yes. <laughs> which I think was a bit clumsy. <laughs> and we could, didn't quite figure it out. But I have since... I think come up with a better metaphor. Cool. Okay. So I want to get into that with you. Okay. Because I want to hear your 
um, your films of yes. your life. Because here we are talking to all these other people. Yeah. But I'd really like everyone to get to know us. Mm. Um, I think that's important because I want everyone to, to get to know you. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into that. Um, I have come up with this new metaphor, as I said. Yes. So, so have you heard this? You briefly explained it to me on, okay. on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, the first one um, is your puppy love film. Yeah. And what I mean by puppy love is it's some form of your like early childhood. Mm. And I think what we were getting wrong with the last one was trying to get too specific. But what yeah. it is, is it's your first love. Yeah. The love that, don't forget, was deep. It was mm. a deep love, but it was an innocent love. It yeah. was you maybe held hands. Or you wrote each other love letters or yeah. something. Um, so w- I'm curious to know if you know offhand what your puppy love film was. Oh, yeah. definitely Jurassic Park. Okay. 100% Jurassic Park. Cool. I saw it when I was like six, maybe seven years old. And I was like, that's it. Like movies are like my thing. Oh, that's cool. like my, and, my and, life now. <laughs> <laughs> and to speak about how movies are your life, for yeah. those who haven't picked up from previous episodes, Graham is embarking currently in 2023 uh, yeah. on a lovely and ambitious, fun activity of watching one film every day this yep. year. For a year, 218 so far, I think. That is wild. Yeah. So obviously the video store is keeping you nice and busy <laughs> yeah, with it, it all helps. the premiere ones. Um, how's that going? Yeah, it's chugging along. Sometimes it's a bit of like, I don't really feel like watching something right now. But I'm so far into it, like I can't, I can't like... Give up on us. <laughs> so, I mean, what did time. you watch yesterday? Um, well, yesterday we saw Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. So that qualifies. Yeah, that definitely qualifies. Okay. That was my... And then I saw you watch the other Ninja Turtles. I did. I watched the, li- the two live action ones, the most recent. The, um, the Michael Bay one? Yeah, the, produ- the produced by Michael Bay ones. Okay. Because those, those, it's a good example of what we were talking about. And, yeah. and maybe we can just chat about Ninja Turtles for a bit. Mm. I mean, those were ridiculous. Yeah, I think they're okay. I don't think they're like unwatchable. But they these big like hulking. That's like, the biggest. Men. That is the biggest problem that I have with those Ninja Turtles. Is they're they're enormous. Yeah, they were particularly like bulky yeah. and massive. They're like seven feet tall. Yeah, you know, which when one of them is Alan Richardson, you right Richardson, it kind of makes sense because he's a fridge of a human. Who's that? He was in. The latest Fast and the Furious. Oh, uh, the one that really looks like a guy. like a Ken doll on yeah. steroids. Yeah. He's enormous. He hated making that movie. He did a podcast a few years ago talking about how terrible they were treated making that film. The, the and, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, one. I'll try and okay. find a link to it. It's really interesting. I I would like to say there was a a made for TV Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, Perhaps yeah. even the live action one. Yeah. Like I would just say Ninja Turtles in general was mm. my puppy love. Oh, cool. I would say. Yeah. There was one animated movie that I watched. I can't okay. even remember what it was called. I probably watched that to death. Right. Which was kind of their their creation, their okay. origin story. I remember the animated show and I remember the first movies. I don't remember an animated movie from that period. Yeah. No, I definitely huh. I def- definitely had that. Okay. Fun fact or fun little anecdote. Um, we started the Bioscope in June of 2010 and mm. we took ourselves very seriously yes. being you know s- f- like film students yes. and we were starting with all kind of serious more we were, we were cinephile cinephile stuff yeah. and then when about two months later when my birthday rolled around I nice. said I want to do a free screening oh, okay. of the original live action Ninja Turtles cool. 
And the guy I started the cinema with, Daryl, was like, oh, no, man, because he was a little <laughs> bit older than me. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he'd come from doing his thesis on whether or not there was space for this independent cinema in Johannesburg. Right, yes. and I was very much his friend that just came along for the journey. <laughs> and I was like, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And it was packed. Nice. <laughs> and it was a great success. And yeah. he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> and it was like a great sort of look to the future to be yes. like, this is definitely going to be a part of the bioscope, cool. which will be the fun, silly, geekiness yeah. of it. So, okay. So it was Jurassic Park for definitely, you. Definitely, yeah. All right. A lot of other movies from that era, Back to the Future was another big one. Yeah. Loved Back Did you to see the that future. depressing fact that if they made Back to the Future today, <laughs> it would be 1990. We would go back to 1993. It is wild because he goes back to 1955. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was wild. 93. Yeah. Jesus. Um, okay. So, so that's the puppy love film. Yeah. And I actually, perhaps while we're doing this, I would, I would love to um, have guys listening think about their their films as well mm. i think it's a nice fun little little exercise yes um then what happens is you get a little older and you crush a little deeper yeah and um i think it's sort of yeah it's the it's the it's the more high schooly time yes um that one goes into a deeper crush perhaps mm. you perhaps you start doing stuff yeah <laughs> you know touching certain things <laughs> but um but yeah, still deep love. Yeah. You know, this is the, the whole time we're talking about a deep love here. Mm. Um and so yeah, then there's that there's then there's that crush film, that that's sweet sixteen yeah. crush film, high school crush. Um, what was that for you? It would probably be I don't know if I can even pin it down to one, but it's when I started watching movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. And so still Alien. Spielberg. Oh yeah, very much okay. my whole life. Movies like Alien. Movies like The Godfather, kind of starting to like explore the idea of movies not just being entertainment. Like movies have like themes yeah. and messages, and these kind of things started like yeah, well, making that's what, sense to me. That's what makes this this high school relationship, this this teen crush, mm. deeper is that it it's not as innocent yeah. anymore. There there is some level of not danger, but there's a level of more heartbreak, yeah. more aware of drama yes so that's why that's kind of an interesting film okay mm -hmm. so so godfather yeah wild it's yeah. a bit isn't that a bit old for you not really i mean we're talking like mid to late teens i suppose okay you know that's when i started getting into that sort of movie i tried godfather at one point where i thought okay this is the movie i've got to watch oh yes it's kind of fucking boring all oh, right i don't know whether i, should, I think <laughs> i need to revisit it too. i've always liked character like character dramas though okay. like in the older i get i like them more movies like oppenheimer yeah you know loved it yeah, no, and that that really is what makes Oppenheimer special. Yeah, I don't think one should watch Oppenheimer for anything other than that. Mm, definitely, it's just this incredible portrait of a very important person in history. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's not yeah. a spectacle of much else. Yes, um, that's really what makes it special. It's one of my favorite kind of characters. If you consider him a character, it's conflicted people. Sure. Like Luke Skywalker is great. What makes him interesting isn't the fact that he's heroic. It's the fact that he's conflicted. What is he conflicted about? About like who he is and like he's like torn between these. He's as much Anakin Skywalker as he is Darth Vader. Okay. So he has both of these things inside of him and he's constantly like if you watch Empire in particular, Empire Strikes Back, there's this thing of like his responsibility to like learn and become better so he can defeat Darth Vader. And then there's the other side of he wants to save his friends. 
you know? Okay. And that's why he, he abandons his trading and he abandons Yoda and he goes to help his friends and it's ultimately, like, almost gets him killed. Okay. You know? All right. I love that. Okay. No, I agree. And then, and then that's, what, that's what makes it amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's your high school crush. Yeah. Then, um, then when you leave school and you are crafting yourself more as a fully fledged human mm. out in the world, it's the let's get serious yes. form, which yeah. is like, you know, like potentially like living together yeah. or living together or, or playing the idea of living together, probably living together. Let's mm. say living together. Um, what was that for you? So I don't know if I can like put again, I don't know what, really know if I can pin this down to a particular film, but I would say I started watching films differently. Yeah. I started listening to movies as much as watching them. That's okay. the thing that I've realized. Okay. Like that's when I started getting interested in writing in particular. So it's movies like The Social Network, which has a great script. You okay. know, it's really like snappy, clever. You, it's the kind of movie that forces you to listen. You can't just look at it and sort of like take it in visually. You have to listen to it. Otherwise, okay, you're so not going to keep up. So it's the writing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's appreciating the writing. Mm. Okay, it's something like Social Definitely. Network. Yeah, Social Network is a good example of that. Lincoln is another great example. I never Again, watched Lincoln. Spielberg. I love it. So again, a really like character centric drama, you know, that sort of film where it's like, again, you have to listen. You can't just like look at it, even though it looks great. Mm. You know, Janusz Kaminski knows what he's doing. Who? Uh, he's the guy who shoots all of Spielberg's films. What's his name? Janusz Kaminski. Janusz. Yeah. He's been working with Spielberg since Schindler's List, I think was the first one they did together. Oh, wow. Yeah. As the, as the DOP. DOP, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then you know that's the main. Those are the main films. Those mm -hmm. are the ones that really like you. You've been consuming recently. Yeah. Um, then uh, a category we love to. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to play with. Is this idea of like a forever film? Yes. Like the like I'll settle down with you film, <laughs> which could be your high school sweetheart. Like yeah. you could go back and reconnect. Yeah. Or your puppy love film mm. could be there the whole time. Or, but yeah, it's the film that you could. That you could watch forever. Yes. Where some of those others might be like a phase. Yeah. Or something you, you were dabbling in. Yes. Um, what, is your, what is your forever film? It'll probably be Close Encounters. Wild. Close Encounters. Now, you see, time. you guys have spoken about this so many times, but mm. I've never actually seen that one. Oh, my Lord. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't want to be that guy and be like, you haven't seen this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you haven't seen Close Encounters? No. It's and also, it's not magical, dude. It's not incredibly available. It's like kind of every. I mean, I don't know if it's on any streaming service, yeah. but it's on like Apple TV and that sort of thing. Okay, I think I need to watch it. It's, now. Yeah, I love that movie. Watch the director's cut. Make sure you watch the director's cut because there's three different cuts. Oh, really? The director's cut is the best one. Okay, w why that film specifically? It kind of like encompasses all these things that I'm talking about. Like, it's a cool, fun sci-fi movie, but it's also really well written, and it's a like a character drama at the same time. You know. Like yeah. It's very, very centered on, um, what's the actor's name? Richard Dreyfuss's character. Richard Dreyfuss, yes. Yeah. Uh, Roy Neary, his character's name. Just such a cool character, interesting character. But it's, I find it interesting that out of all of Spielberg's films, like so many of them have been significantly better remembered, mm. at least in my head. Jaws, Jurassic Park. E.T. E.T. is a big one. Where Close Encounters seems to be a bit of a B-side. It's a little lost in the in the... You know, Korea, I suppose. Okay. But it's, oh, it's such a good movie. It looks amazing. I think it's his best looking movie pre Onus Kaminsky. And it's just, again, it's just like in, focused on this really interesting character who, in a lot of ways, you shouldn't like because he does like kind of crap things. But you're so on his side that you're with him. 
Okay. You know? Interesting. Really okay. interesting. I love that movie. Magic, man. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Mm. And um, thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us. And we have such great stuff coming up. Mm. I'm really excited about some of the episodes that we've been recording and banking and have lined up. And so thank you for listening thus far. Mm. And we hope to see you again next week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our home base is thevideostore.co.za. Um, there you can find all the links to all the social media stuff. Cool. So please feel free to chime in. We'd love you to hear what we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. So so please uh, get involved. Definitely. All right. Thank you, G Force. Yeah. All right. We'll see you soon. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Bye bye.